Let's go on yeah, a trip. Let's go on a trip. Yeah, baby. It's not too bad. What was the question again? <laughs> okay, let's go. I'm Angela Caterns. I'm Ian Rogerson. And welcome to Suddenly Senior. This is a podcast series for those of us who've reached a certain age in life. That's right. You can join if you're not our age, but it'll be a lot more fun if you are. <laughs> so strap yourselves in, check your blood pressure, light your spliff, pour yourself a small bevy, and let's go. <laughs> <laughs> We got to know him in the Sullivans and then he attained Australian legend status as Daryl Kerrigan in The Castle. He's, of course, also appeared in multiple TV shows, in movies and on stage. His voice is instantly recognisable, especially when he utters his most famous line... Where am I? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. We're talking, of course, about Michael Caton. Michael, hello and welcome. It's lovely to be here, Angelo. And Ian. A pleasure to have you here, Ah, sir. That's so funny. And you've just popped in from your grandson's place. I have. Up the road. Just around the corner. And I believe there's a number of generations of uh, your family who've lived there. He is the fifth generation to live in that house. Wow. Isn't that amazing? And I remember his great-great-grandmother... Anna Chris, who I adored, saying, Tilly DeVire didn't bother you if you were a good girl. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Bit of and she was a, she was there. A, yeah, she was a, you know, the beautiful thing about Australia in that day, we had female mobsters. Exactly. <laughs> really? That's a good thing. Yeah. And she used to run speakeasies. I'd go into a whole rave about that. I know. But I'm not going to no. because we're going to talk about you. And Michael. so do you enjoy grandfatherhood? I, I, I Look, I'd given up hope of ever having a grandchild, and due to the wonders of IVF, we have this beautiful live wire of a grandchild. Oh, isn't that lovely? Mm. Do you uh, assume care duties very much? Uh, well, n- no, because I'm, I'm sort of in Bondi Beach, and his grandmother, his uh, son's mother, I'm getting the generations confused now, yeah. lives just around the corner. Yeah. So she is the one. She yeah. is the grandee of all grand people. And does she elbow you out of the way a little bit like that? No, get away. I don't want to be there while she's there. I'll get no attention whatsoever. <laughs> so, Michael, you have talked before about age catching up with you. Exactly. How, how have you felt it? Well, look, the last two years of COVID haven't been good for me. Because uh, due to a, a lifetime of, of smoking and having bad lungs anyway, I've been quite apprehensive about COVID. And so I've kept a low profile, which basically means I've been sitting on my backside a lot for the last two years. It hasn't done me one iota of good. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm trying to build back up to some sort of condition where I could, uh, I keep on wondering, I'd like to go back to Morocco and do this and that. And I thought to think to myself, I wonder how I'd go getting through the Casbah now. <laughs> Which would not have been a thought beforehand. <laughs> no, no, not at all. So, yeah, it is really knocked down on my uh, mobilisation. Those things are going to come with the territory to an extent, though. I mean, I, I believe your mother lived to 100, didn't she? 103. 103. Right. The last three years weren't fun, though. No, no. Mm. But, but so you come from a long-lived family. No, not necessarily. Mm. Uh, because the women did, mm. and with mum, her sisters did with a 
couple of exceptions. Uh, but the guys didn't. Guys went a lot earlier than the women. And on Dad's side, well, Dad was... There's an old gag I could throw in there. They're not dead, they're hiding. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, Dad's brothers uh, had various fates. Uh, and Dad was killed in 45 in, in an industrial accident. So I grew up without a dad and uh, sort of grabbed dads wherever I could find one. Mm. And so... Michael, I think your rafters character, Ted Taylor, was diagnosed with dementia. How did you approach that? Um, had you had any experience dealing with dementia? Yes, I have. Uh, not in the family, but I saw uh, in mum's nursing home in the last years, I saw those friends of hers sort of drift off. It was actually my idea to do that. To give him dementia? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, because I thought it was, it's a topic that is... Uh, while not on everyone's lips, it is at the back of their minds. Mm. Mm. Is it a fear of yours? Uh, well, you I can see. I, I can see my memory going, but I'm still giving cheek. Yes, and I don't think I'll, I'll live to my mother's age to get that sort of senile dementia. Right, that must be a little bit of a challenge being an actor and not having a fabulous memory. How do you remember your lines? Very, very, <laughs> I should say, with a great degree of difficulty. Right. Mm. But it, seem, it seems to work. I seem to just slip back into that mode. It's funny you know, when you... It's a, a bit like performance, though, isn't it? After, yeah. after a while, when you, you've been doing it for a number of years, you just go, oh, I know how to do it's a, this. It's a muscle memory. And you just do it, yeah. Yeah, well, I, I hate not working because the older you get, the less work there is. And uh, I haven't really uh, worked on film for quite a while. I call it involuntary retirement. Mm. Because I just love it when I work because my whole energy levels, everything just goes. Yeah, everything, everything is up a notch, mm. you know. Are there many great roles for older people? Well, I've been lucky in, in the, the roles I've had on film, but I haven't done much on television. Yeah. You know? But your films were great. I mean, Last Cab to Darwin was the ultimate, uh, really, uh, I, I guess, old person's movie in the fact that there you were confronting mortality and how you were going to deal with it. Mm. And you realised that beautifully too, by the way, if you don't mind me saying so. You did a really great job on that. Oh, that was a gift of a role. Yeah. That was really a gift. I guess those things aren't really explored, and I think that's part of the reason why we always thought Suddenly Senior was a good show to do because it needs to have a look at you know this this area this, people have so much to offer but they don't always get the outlet to be able to do it and i th find it interesting the government's turning around saying maybe we should let pensioners work a little bit more mm. or, or older people work mm. a little bit more how do you make well, that happen especially when you can't seem to get any staff mm. you've got this huge pool there i mean where the d demographic for god's sake we're the big demographic. There's a whole lot of people sitting there with gifts. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. And experience and wisdom. You have been quite an activist, haven't you, for various causes. I think you were instrumental in stopping whaling in Australian waters way back. Well, I gave a hand. Well, I mean, that was probably the start of it because prior to that, you can only sort of do things like that if you've got a profile. And because of the Sullivans, I had a hell of a profile. But it was the whole cast of the Sullivans that got behind that. Is that right? Yeah. There was a wonderful uh, floor manager 
who's done a lot for animal rights and what have you, Laurie Levy. And it was Laurie who harnessed us. And I remember uh, many years later, because I think what happened was that that uh, Fraser's uh, girls got onto him about the whale. Oh, right. That's probably as a result of, of, of us bringing it to yeah, every, yeah, everyone's yeah. attention. And so he outlawed whaling. And then many years later, I was up at Byron Bay and they were going to put a huge cutting. You know, if you're heading south towards Byron, there's this huge hill that's there. Yeah. The tunnel goes through it now. Yes. But yeah. They were going to do the biggest cutting in the southern hemisphere. Mm. Uh, and uh, a friend of mine had a, a little farm and, and two beautiful trees that they call the Tree of Knowledge. So we got up there and agitated and, and there was a... A journalist, and I'm I'm down near the Byron Bay pub with my back to the ocean, and this guy said, "Do you really think that actors should be involved in in things like this?" <laughs> and there was there was this humpback in no, the bay, no, going. Psh- Really, at the same Bang. time, it was jumping out of the water and falling back <laughs> in, and jumping out of the water and falling back in. And I just said, "Have a look at that, mate." I'd like to think I had a little bit to do with that whale being there. Yeah, isn't that fantastic? Yeah. So, what other causes have you supported, Michael? Mainly water and the Great Australian Basin, because in a previous life. Uh, I worked in pumping and irrigation. Is that right? And I you mean the great artesian? The, the artesian bank. The, the gab. Yeah. The gab. Yeah, mm. And my family comes from central Queensland, uh, Longreach and places like that, which depend entirely for the pastoral industry on uh, great artesian water. And then in New South Wales, they seem determined to put 820 wells in the Pilliger Forest which is a recharge area mm-hmm. for the Great Artesian Basin. Yeah. And it Crazy. just seems the risk they're taking, the risk for this little bit of immediate profit, which will probably last for 15, 20 years, and then put at stake yeah, one <laughs> of the great in, in, industry that, yeah. uh, that's been supported by the, the, the Great Artesian Basin for over 150 years. Yeah. And it's just a short term and it's just money, money, money. People get rich and then they'll go away and leave a, po- a poison water system that's no good to anybody. Mm. How silly. So do you think ever, ever think in terms of leaving a legacy? I think really that that's a bit egotistical. I'll, I'll leave a body of work and hopefully... Uh, a few good things that happened to the grandchild because of work we did now. Yeah. Because he's we've dumped him in the middle of a really bad situation that will, uh, when he's in his 20s, will be in the midst of this... Climate crisis. Uh, climate crisis. Mm. And, and by the way it's looking, and you look at Europe, and they're opening the, the coal generators again because of... Everything because that, of Putin, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a cluster. Oh, wow. A cluster, what you were going to yeah, say. Yeah, well, I was going to say clusterfuck, actually. <laughs> but, uh, what the hell? I, but you see, I think that's interesting because, you know, there are those problems in the world, and I guarantee you they probably would have been problems 100 years ago, maybe not as existential as they are now. But you can either 
go, oh, this is really too bad and I'm, you know, it's not going to go anywhere, or you can get in there and fight. And that really goes back to advocating for things as well. You've got to get in there and fight and you've got to be positive to actually hand that on to the next generation. And you've got to be realistic of what you can achieve and what you, you can't achieve. I remember years ago I, I campaigned against the uh, Lucas Heights, the new... Nuclear... There, yeah, and I got, I got done over by Piers Ackerman in the, in the Telegraph, and he was quoting Sir Gus Nussel, who I'd met and, and, and who I knew. So I rang him up. I rang up Sir Gus. Mm. And he said, Michael... Uh, he what said, are you doing reading the Telegraph? Because <laughs> 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 I said, what are you doing talking to Piers Ackerman? But uh, at this, he said, uh, with climate change, I can't see any other answer but nuclear power. Mm. And I didn't think of that. I wasn't even thinking about sort of climate change at that time. It was, I mean, it was 25, 30 years ago. And... Um, here we are. Here we are. As the years have gone by, I, I still think about base load and I still think we have to talk about nuclear. Yeah. I would like to see a lot of be done on thorium reactors, which are a non-pressure reactor that don't generate hydrogen. Mm. And I know the Indians and the Chinese are doing a lot of research and I'd probably throw my hand in with the, with the Indians and, and see if we could get that working. Because yeah. we're going to oh, need something. Mm. We're going to need something. That's yeah. very controversial. Absolutely. Let's talk a little bit about growing older. Is that something that you have embraced or do you rail against it? Look, I've, I've accepted what I can accept. But there are certain things that, that plague me a little bit in terms of I've really got to watch my balance because of uh, uh, I've, I've got to keep doing exercises to keep all those little crystals in the in the right place mm-hmm. and I've got to really watch myself in the morning when I get up mm-hmm. to just get orientated and, and so you don't fall over mm. Yeah, mm. yeah or have a fall as we know well I mean years ago when I was doing Priscilla Queen of the Desert the musical uh, I had my first real sickie yeah, alright uh, because I'd got uh, God Vocabulary is a bit of a trouble too. Mm. Uh, vertigo. Yeah. And I didn't think I could run and jump on the moving bus. Ah, far out. So vertigo is my enemy. And uh, that's uh, the main thing I face apart from sort of a lifetime of Partying. Of smoking and partying, yes. <laughs> Which you do very well, I've got to say. I know, I've worked at it. And, and, but you see, there's a certain degree, you know, people always say, oh, you know, I was so bad and everything like that. But then you think, well, hang on a sec, they were having huge fun all the way through. And isn't it nicer to have had fun? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I did all the party shows like Hair and Jesus Christ Superstar, mm. and we're getting together for our 50th anniversary for Superstar. Oh, far out. Yeah. They were lifestyles in themselves, you know. You never look and life changing. I have to say, for those of us who saw those shows, <laughs> well, they were the hippie days too, weren't they? Yeah, you know, where it was on, you know, basically party on. And of course, you know who gets the short back and sides and the Sullivans. You do. I did. I'd walk into parties with the short back and sides. 
They go, <gasps> Looking like that. And people would literally <laughs> jump out of windows. <laughs> the cops are here. Yeah. And then you'd be in a bar and they said, mate, why do you got a haircut like that? And I said, it's my job. <laughs> and I think they thought I must have been the uncoolest undercover cop around. <laughs> but you must have had huge fun as well. Oh, we did. Yeah. We did. Yeah. And, and you'd really bond with those people too. They just they, they become sort of it's just a big family all those shows all the people you work with. Are you looking for a gig? I mean, yeah, I, I know of course you do this, which is the voiceover world, um, yeah, and do it beautifully too. By the way, can you say Kit Kat to me? No, <laughs> Kit Kat. Oh, there you go, Kit Kat. Kit Kat. Oh, it was lovely. I, I got to speak in another voice, mm. <laughs> and when we were doing the tags for it, oh, this is a Kit Kat ad. You're yeah, 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 yeah. I said, no, you can't do it in my usual voice, you know. Uh, this is for overseas, is it? No, no this is for, for Australia. Yeah. You've, got, you've got to do the voice it, it, as the character. Right. And so when it went overseas, there you go. Hmm. So what do you still hope to achieve? Anything? Or are you happy to oh, look, rest I'd, on your laurels? No, I'd like nothing more than a great script to come along and do some good work. Hmm. You know, that sort of drives me more than anything. It's it's not the dough. You you basically make more out of uh, voiceovers yeah, than you do yeah. out of acting, quite mm. frankly. But you must have had a great script. I mean, I'm thinking of the castle and a couple of other instances oh, God, like that, yes. where they yeah. land on your on your table and you go, "This is gold." What's that feeling like? Oh, look, the castle was the best of all because. I'd had hadn't worked for twelve months prior mm. to the castle, and I sort of had lunch uh, with some of the guys and said, "Read this script, and if you're interested, give us a bell." And I read the script, and and the script is the is the most beautiful, perfect little script. Needless to say, <laughs> I read immediately. <laughs> Well, you've had that feeling, haven't you? Of and uh, I, I must admit, I've experienced it with you of walking through an airport and walking through an airport with Michael is an amazing thing because everybody knows Michael and they're all yelling, yelling out to you, a "Pool room, you know, yeah. you're dreaming," and that's a love. Is that a lovely thing? Do you like that? Look, I think when you start, when I first started acting, I thought it'll be great to be famous. And then fame comes along, and it is not great. It sort of inhibited me. I was a bit of a yahoo, and, and it made me sort of just try to hide a bit. Oh, and, you know? and behave yourself. Yeah. In case someone saw you misbehaving. Well, not so much, just not to draw attention to yourself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and look, fame has its perks, and it also has its drawbacks. Mm. Yeah. Relationships. Uh, yeah, I happen to know that you have a particularly lovely wife who loves you and you've got a great relationship. Is that a very important thing to have, do you think, at your age? Oh, God, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And in actual fact, I've had, had a few relationships, but I have a great relationship with all of them. I mean, you know, some, some people are with you for a part of the ride and hop off to go to another destination but uh, I've got a, an ex of mine who's arriving tonight at 8 o'clock who's now into art and whatnot, 
and she'll be staying with Helen and I, and they're the best of mates. Yeah, that's mm. great. And, Isn't that nice? And my son's mother is a wonderful woman, you know, who's, who's the grand dam of, of grandmothers. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's very important. Yeah, that's fantastic. Do you think that this society reveres its elders enough? Oh, look, I don't know. I have my doubts about that. I think maybe some people do. But it, there is a, a celebration of youth, uh, which is a good thing. But I would like to see more of our youth in politics. Yeah, the older sort of holding on like grim death. Yeah, they? yeah, yeah. Morrison should probably make way for somebody else or another five people. Um, <laughs> but uh, at the same time... Uh, no, I don't think we do a lot, mm. and it's a pity. There's a there's a lot of uh, wisdom and, and experience there, and it's it's a shame to see it really not being used as because, much as it yeah, could be. Because the old story is that they're destined to repeat it. Yeah, and they could actually cut corners. I find this <laughs> when you're talking to your kids, it's like. Well, but, mate, if you could just listen to me here and really pay attention and maybe follow through on this, this will save you a long time. But it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever, Dad. Yeah, so, yeah. And I guess that's the great conundrum of life. Well, it is. I mean, in some cultures it is, uh, and in others, no. Mm. And I think uh, we're probably a 50-50 bit there. Yeah. Michael Caden, it's such a lovely pleasure having a chat with it you. It is. Thank you so much for coming in and being our guest on Suddenly Senior. Well, it's really lovely to be here. <laughs> Everyone's using their microphone technique except me. Well, it's good to see you finally pulled it out of the hat right at the end. <laughs> see you, Michael. Be my pleasure, my friend. Please like and also subscribe. Thank you for listening. I'm Angela Caterns. I'm Ian Rogerson. Leave a comment, as long as it's nice. <laughs> if it's not, that's right. Fuck off. Yes. See you next time, Ange. Bye. And I want wine with my meds. <laughs> <laughs>